0: stories on this episode we'll be speaking with dominique bond good morning good afternoon and good evening this is another episode of the glory in our stories Um, where it's basically about extraordinary stories of everyday people. Uh, This is episode 31. Um, This episode we'll be speaking with Dominique Bond, which is a a young man that I've grown to admire as far as his presence not just on social media but in the community. Um, I was just telling him about a friend of his Destiny, who's been circulating as far as pushing out positive energy and during a time where social media could be used um, as a ram of attack um, for this young man, it's an a opportunity to address uh, just, not just issues um, within the community, but issues with the average person and with the ad- average individual. And I like his, his, um, his connection, his primary connection with not just men, but young black men giving young men an alternative opposed to just what's expected of them because of who and what they are. But I was telling Dominique that I really wanted to get an opportunity to know his story. Uh, like I've, I've, seen, I've seen him in, in action, and it's, it's always nice to know what pushes somebody, what thrives them, what they're made of. Because a part of you thinking, how is it that they got to where they are now? You know, it's no telling what kind of paths or decisions that this person made, but to actually get an opportunity to know the details of your growth and your journey. I think that's that's very important. Um, So thanks, Dominique, for for an hour out of your life. I always tell people that because I know you got a busy schedule. Right. I know you're always doing something. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you for having me, man. And um, I really I really appreciate you taking your time. Um, but we're going to dive right into this. Um, I always say that how i explain how I, I met the people, meet the people that I interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I met you all on social media. Uh, we became friends. I think we've been friends for about a year or two. And I actually met you in person maybe, maybe a month or two ago. Okay. And um, you were standing next to whom I thought was either your sister or your friend. Right. But it was your mom. And that completely threw me off because I'm standing there, oh, okay, he's just a friend of his. And then she's like, oh, no, I'm his mother. And I was like, wow. And that was that was a crazy experience. But it was, it's funny because most people that you meet on social media, you don't really see them in person. Mm-hmm. But to meet you, I was like, man, but you were already in the process of doing a, a, a program right. that day, so I know I couldn't talk to you long. Um, but that's how I met you in person. But like I said... I'm a huge fan of what you're doing, mm-hmm. and I just, I like seeing that.
1: Now, I wanted to hit on one thing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when I was at Augusta University, you know, I, I led an organization called The Initiative. Mm-hmm. I believe I organized a, um, a poetry show that you participated in, if I'm not mistaken, um, years back, several years back in the ballroom. This was way, way back. I think it was called Mike Check. Um, we mm-hmm. had a list of um, A list of poet, poets And I think you Participated in that Along with some other um, People as well
0: With Sleepy Eyes there With Sleepy Eyes there as well bro. Yeah yeah. I remember that Because I that's, was, that's when we really met See and I totally Because mm-hmm. the only thing I remember from that Was Sleepy Eyes Yeah Because he was right after me Right I remember that And that was the first time I met him His dreads were about that long Yeah <laughs> Yeah But uh. But, um, about an inch long but um, but yeah, and i didn't I didn't know you had yeah. organized that, yeah, and um, that was actually I remember approaching a panel because they were mm-hmm. did doing auditions auditions, yeah, yeah, and I remember this one guy who was uh <laughs> he had a lot of energy, he he was the one that asked me, you think you can remember that, memorize it, and I was like, mm, "I I'll try, mm-hmm. but I remember that part. And, I, yes, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Um, I was like, I wonder if he's going to remember that. That was, that was <laughs> a few years ago, man. Yeah, it was. Because so much has happened since then. Mm-hmm. And... I... Yeah. Probably almost... At least four years ago. Yeah, right before I graduated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's crazy. So, uh, but I really do appreciate you offering that opportunity. Yeah. Because I didn't read in public for a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, again creating opportunities like that right. and seeing the importance in it, I really highly appreciate that. Yes, definitely. P- uh, presenting us artists uh, a different uh, an opportunity to express what we love doing. Yeah. So, again, thank you. You all have an important message to get
1: out, and I just firmly believe uh, the artists, the the creative artists, uh, whatever type of artist you are, I think you all need more platforms to just do what you love to do and, just to get that message out, I really do believe that. So that's why I put so much into those type of
0: events. Yeah. And um, a lot of um, people are, as you know, that's one of the local concerns here is that it, it appears to be not enough of it mm-hmm. and uh, not enough catering to different genres and right. different, um, pers- um I don't know. um Yeah different preferences of mm-hmm. uh, music art um painting dancing and, and right. any of, like the list can go on um but again shedding light on that and seeing the importance in it the appreciation yeah i think it's one thing that a lot of us we need to continue to hear so that we can continue to do what we do because obviously it's being of great assistance right to mm-hmm. other people uh, but getting more into that I wanted to know Like did you Did you grow up here In Augusta Or are you from
1: No I'm actually A military brat So I I have I was born in Germany mm-hmm. uh, Moved to Missouri Oklahoma Hawaii Louisiana Then I Basically grew up In Georgia uh, For I think I've been here For the last 11 years
0: Yeah Yeah 11 years. So what part of Louisiana did you stay in uh, Lafayette, Lafayette Lafayette Louisiana That was Uh you remember, um, oh man, True Blood, mm-hmm. the character named Lafayette. Yeah, and I thought that was now it makes sense because that's uh that's a part of the Louisiana exactly. culture. It is, and um, my half family in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. I know where that's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, mm-hmm. that was the first time when I went there and saw a couple of phone a, a couple of pages in the phone book with my last name. Mm-hmm. I don't see any of that here, not even yeah. in Thompson. Obviously, because we were the only family there. Uh, well that's pretty cool. A lot of people and I said this before, a lot of people that I've met who are military brats, they say, Oh yeah, I was born in Germany. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an array of different types of people. It sure is. And um You're right. Is it because of the uh it was the baby booming or something something happened during that time? Was it I don't believe so. Um
1: I just both my parents were in the military and that's where they were both
0: stationed at. Yeah. So yeah. Are they retired military or are they still uh, serving? Now they're retired. Well, wow, how many years did it? do? My
1: dad did 27 years. I think my mom did about seven years. So after my brother was born, um, after a few years, she went on and got out. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. How many siblings do you have? I have one brother. One brother. One younger brother. Yeah. you the oldest? Mm-hmm. How many years are y'all? Three far years. Far apart, three years. Three years. Do you do you still consider him the baby in a sense oh, of most the definitely. <laughs> yeah, he's the baby. Yeah. Because I used to think... Because my sister and I, we're, my older sister, we're four years apart. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously a huge difference as far as experience. Because uh, you all are the prototypes. Right. You know, the first, you do everything, and then once it gets to the second or third child, I guess it gets easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but my best friends, him and his brother, are seven years apart. And I don't think that's a pretty large gap to consider somebody else a right. tremendously younger. But I'm I'm realizing that no matter how younger, how many years are between when you're second or third, you still the baby. That's it. So, um, but that so. Cut and dry. So how was how was that growing up with you two? How was that experience? It
1: was it, it was an, an adjustment. Yeah. It was always an adjustment, and I think that really helped us um, now to really get into things. And if things don't work out, we can just bounce back to something else or. We can we can go into this environment, get what we need, and then go somewhere else. And uh, I see that since we had that type of of childhood, mm-hmm. I see how that really has kind of um, groomed us for the lifestyle that we have now. Yeah. Um, and I see how some other people they they don't really have that way of uh, doing business or. Or doing work, or whatever the case may be, but it, it always was an adjustment. I think when it came down to friends, uh, we didn't really make friends because as soon as we really got close to someone, either we were leaving or they were leaving. Yeah, you know. So it was always that. But it was a good experience to really just travel. Um, it. I wouldn't say that's the best way to travel.
0: Yeah. But it was <laughs>
1: we. We had the opportunity to see different places. Hawaii was amazing mm-hmm. um, when we got there matter of fact, it was I think late fall mm-hmm. and we were moving from Oklahoma and it was snowing um so we went from snowing to just seeing sunshine and rainbows and banana trees and everything so that was that was huge that was just so that was just very very different for us so uh but it was a it was a, a crazy experience as well, so I believe to everyone who's listening in Hawaii is
0: a great spot to go to, <laughs> and it's one of those places where obviously it's a the go-to place like to to um, to vacate mm-hmm. and to um, obviously get away from the norms of America. Most definitely, and I think the furthest I've traveled was California, which was recently. That was my f- first plane ride, and. I was um telling my fiance I was she didn't see it, but i was I was so nervous because i I never <laughs> flew right and I always wanted to um but judging from what you were saying, this is something that you all probably did like frequently yes we did uh, back and forth and um, I think
1: it was really crazy uh just flying across water for hours yeah, I mean that's I was like okay, I'm ready to see some land now <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um. How was you all um, as far as communicating, as far as relationship wise? Because see, with me, my sisters and I, we were it was I had two older sisters and then it was me, so we really didn't start talking mm-hmm. until maybe after I graduated high school. Because obviously I was older and I was a lot more mature.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: when I was younger, I was just the the annoying little brother. Yeah. So how how did that interaction go?
1: My younger brother was the annoying little brother as well <laughs> uh our our relationship was interesting mm-hmm. uh we was we were just so different and uh we and just adjusting to going to different places and meeting new people and uh being always being a new student at the school or in class along with our our dad being gone a lot mm-hmm. uh it was a lot that we really had to really digest and, and process and I think sometimes we kind of took that on each other um, we have much more of an understanding now um, mm-hmm. Our relationship is actually growing now but um, we bump heads a few times yeah and um, but we also had some great moments as well but we were just very very different and we didn't know how to that connection was very hard to really fine-tune that makes sense but now um, since we're older and we're adults,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: young adults, uh, we are understanding who we are, how we want to navigate in this world, and um, where we're able to see some more similarities that we didn't really identify
0: uh, during our childhood. That makes sense. Yeah, such so, so uh, as can you give an example as far as the similarities?
1: Uh, just how we are. Uh, trying to help people you know we help people in different ways but we're still helping people yeah Um, we're really strong about our message that we're really trying to put out there um, where we both have that that business mindset that entrepreneurial mindset Um, we we just focus we really focus on not following um, society expectations and so forth uh, the list goes on and on and on and we're still discovering more and more about it by ourselves. But um and just having those talks that we we probably should have had when we were young, but we just didn't have the knowledge to really understand what was really going on, if that makes sense. So yeah. why we were feeling the way we were feeling, why we reacted the way we reacted. And now we can really have those conversations and now we really have those oh okay, I get it moments, you know. Yeah. So uh those are some those are very good moments right now,
0: mm-hmm. yeah we're uh, my sisters and I have in that as well we We sit down and talk about things in the past mm-hmm. and um since I was the youngest, I came at a point where all the i wouldn't say drama but all of the drastic changes in our lives yeah. it had already passed. I'm mm-hmm. uh, primarily dealing with my parents getting divorced and stuff like that, so I wasn't exposed to that, right. but listening to them now, I'm realizing the effects that it had on them right. directly right. and the effects it has on me indirectly right. because I wasn't there to experience mm-hmm. it. So like you said, um, and it's funny because when we were younger, like I said, they, man, they, my room was right across from theirs, maybe one step, and they did not want me in there at all. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was like, I just wanted to be with my family. But to them, I was just this 8-year-old kid that just wanted to play all the time. Right. But like you said, I'm seeing the similarities between me and them and they're overlapping and like you said, it's just it's a it continuously unfold right the older you get and the more aware you become. Exactly. Um but what, what really got you into having that entrepreneur uh spirit, the desire to um to um pursue what you're doing now and, and, and I obviously different directions that you're mm-hmm. that you're heading, but what, what influenced you? To do what you're doing now, uh, I didn't. I don't think I really realized it, but um, you know, my mom
1: got out. Got out of the military. Uh, she ran her own daycare at, at you know, at at home. You yeah. know. And I think she had up to maybe like six or seven kids or something like that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. Um, so I think that pl- that seed was planted early. But uh, when I went, when I was at Augusta University. I started, me and a friend of mine, we started a student organization called The Initiative, and we would just focus on community service, and we realized we had to really fine tune what our whole mission was gonna be about. Mm -hmm. So not only was we helping uh, students here be involved in the community, but we were helping nonprofits with volunteer support as well, because when you do Mm -hmm. the research on nonprofits, one of the biggest issues that they have, it's just a lack of volunteer support. Yeah. So a lot of the students here at Gus University are not from this area. So but they some of them want to be proactive in their community. So we were that, that link to where if you want to be involved, you can go through us. Mm-hmm. So really just planning and and, and having that leadership role, uh, you know, organizing events and and being involved in the youth. Uh, that really sparked my attention and my and my passion towards uh, how I wanted to impact the youth yeah. and doing more research and having more understanding of what does the youth really need? What do these young boys need? What do these young black men need in, the, in our community? And that's when I said I wanted to launch, you know, Ace Ambition mm-hmm. and really just organize workshops, youth workshops that are engaging yeah. and fun. But at the same time, that that entrepreneurship education is going to really help them not just understand the basis of a business, but really help you understand or have a sense of awareness, -awareness, self-awareness, understanding what your gifts are, understanding Mm -hmm. what purpose is or your passions is, because that's what I really didn't like growing up. I didn't understand, you know, when people ask, what was your passion, they they just told me that's just what you love. But I had to grow up and understand that your passion isn't just what you love. It's something that really gets under your skin. Mm-hmm. It's those things that really get you very emotional, very frustrated. So it's really teaching them to really uh, get in tune with that. And then you'll understand, okay, if this is getting you that emotional, that's something that you're passionate about. But then you have some question that you have to ask. How do you want to address that? Or is that something yeah. that you need to address? So that's that's really what really you know, along with several other things that really influenced
0: me to, to go that route and it's funny you said that because now people are using social media as mm-hmm. a form of expression, and there are productive ways to do it, and then there are destructive ways to do it right and it's very difficult, i think especially now as for these kids because they see other examples and it's like oh yeah that's how I'm express myself mm-hmm. but that may not be your the ability that you were born with. Right. And I know that it can be difficult. Like you said, trying to trying to figure out a way to channel it. Because I knew when I was younger, I didn't know how. Yeah. I had everything built up. Like you said, it is something that gets under your skin because it burns. Right. And it's like, but how can I express this? And you providing these workshops is something that we needed when we were younger. Yes. And not a lot of people were doing that. And if they were, they were probably doing it in other cities. Right. But like mm-hmm. in a small town like Thompson, um, I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, if you didn't play, play sports, you were pretty much, it felt like you were thrown to the side. Mm-hmm. And there weren't any chances for somebody to say, to help you cultivate what's already innate in right. you. Right. And it's interesting
1: that you, you stated that. Um, I actually have a workshop coming up called I Am a Brand. Mm-hmm. and one the the whole purpose of having that workshop is to really teach them how to represent yourself on and offline. Yeah. So um so that's that's a lot of areas that we're going to address because you know whether you see it or not you are a brand mm-hmm. and you, you know every action has a reaction and your ass is going to have some consequences as well. So they have it I think they have a little worse than us. You know, yeah. I'm glad I didn't have social media. You know, they're more subject to um, more consequences and um, distractions and so forth because they have this, this tool, um, which is not a bad tool. It's all about how you use it. It's just a tool. Mm-hmm. But the things that you do when you're 15 can cost you when you're 25. You know what I'm saying? When you're 30 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. You know, and we didn't really have too many things unless we actually committed a crime mm-hmm. to really get us
0: in that type of situation. Yeah, and uh, two people that came to mind, and they people I always talk about them, Justin Bieber and um, Chris Brown, mm-hmm. and I, if they were our age. They well, if they were our age and they grew up during the time that we did, um, things would have been different. Yeah. But because of social media, their whole life was on blast. Everything they Everything. did, and that solidified um, their. Like you said their brand and it, it, it solidified their reputation yeah and like you said back then if something went wrong it had to been of a certain extremity right for it to be permanently placed on our record and people see that on paper and it's like, no, nah, we you already have this predisposition so exactly it already is defining the possibility of you continuing down the same route mm-hmm. And having no chance of redemption
1: at all um,
0: but yeah I, man that was um, I think that's that's very important we were a friend of mine were talking about um, like music right now and how it's trending in a way where people see like this is what music is especially in preference to hip-hop right and the question was why aren't those artists being held accountable mm-hmm. for what they're putting out because yeah. this is what our kids are seeing, right. and nobody's telling them. I think you should be mindful. You know, don't say this. Don't talk about gang relation. Don't talk about uh, the mistreatment of women. I mean, they, nobody's saying that because mm-hmm. it's selling. It's making money. Right. And I'm I'm glad that you're presenting that um, atmosphere for kids to know. I don't have to do this exactly. in order to represent myself. So. I, that's that's very very important especially for us as black men because the moment we step out of the house we already have um a profile and that's reality yeah that's and, reality so don't
1: don't make it don't make it hard on yourself yeah. you know and there are, you know like I said before it's a tool but it's all about how you're gonna choose to use it you know it can it can rep, it can mess your reputation up or it can it can build credibility so that really the choice is yours
0: yeah now, what are some things that have you ever come across some situations with probably with other people where they had a damaging past and they were trying to uh, revamp um their own reputation um,
1: Do I know anybody personally?
0: Well have you ever experienced that and you and, and, and in what way did you help them get back basically get back on their feet and head them into the right direction
1: well they there are people that I talk to individually um, more and more mm-hmm. because um, I see the way people are very passionate on social media. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. Um, but like you just keep saying, is how you how you channel that. Um, and I'm really working on people to, because you said something big early on. You said there's a lot of attacking going on, mm-hmm. and that's something that's really been on my spirit for a long, for the past several weeks now. Um, and people don't quite realize it that you know the way you respond to people, your interaction, whether it's in person or, or online, is in a in a attacking manner. And right now, there are a lot. I mean, not just right now, but there are a lot of people that's hurting. Yeah. There are a lot of people that that are um, that are going through different things, and we just don't know where they're at. Mentally and and just currently Mm -hmm. and that one comment can just really just just Spiral things so It's just teaching people how to be more productive, you know ask yourself. Is that something I need to respond to? Um, You know being more familiar with the the Tools within Facebook. There is a delete button. Yeah, you know (laughs) that does exist and a lot of us don't react to it Yeah, and I always tell people you know if you're really trying to get at this this high level in life, I want you to really just take time out to look at these celebrities
0: mm-hmm. and
1: just take a random celebrity, just look at their Instagram page and just look at the amount of comments that they have. You may see 5,000, you may see 10,000, you may even see 20,000 comments. But many of those comments are very negative. Yeah. So this is something if they're posting on a regular basis, understand they're they're receiving hundreds Maybe thousands of hateful Very hateful comments mm-hmm. But some of us At the level that we at Can't even handle one negative comment yeah. So that's just something to think about If you can't handle mm-hmm. that one comment That one comment can mess up your whole day Somebody you don't even know Somebody you probably never met Just think are you actually ready for that level mm-hmm. Because if you can't handle that Then
0: you're not going to be able to Maintain that level in life And I know that uh, a couple of my friends, one in particular, he was saying that sometimes you get in a habit, say for instance, you get 20 responses, 19 good ones, but that one that That you said, that one ruins everything. And you overlook everything else that was positive about what you did. Right. And it's funny you brought that up. And the reason being is because I read a lot, especially lately. I've, I try to limit my presence on Facebook as far as converse, having um, conversations. And I enjoy conversations, but not when everything's completely one-sided. That's completely unfair because gotcha. you miss out on other people's per- perspectives. Right. And before I post something, I always ask myself, are you willing to accept the consequences, good or bad, mm-hmm. based off the one, two, four, five, six words you right. post? Because there will be... Somebody's gonna come after you. Yeah, you're gonna hurt. You're gonna hurt somebody's feeling whether you whether you have good or bad intentions. Unfortunately, right. um, but you touched base on something that's really important, and it's the mental state of a lot of people today. And people overlook that and they don't take it seriously. No, not at all. Because um, I was telling people I recently, maybe last year, maybe almost two years ago, I lost a friend who I didn't know was going through something, and there were signs. Obvious signs But I didn't pay attention to them right. And because um, she borrowed a book From me about a character That was very depressed mm-hmm. And she said she related more With the main character And I was like well that's odd Because this person was this way Yeah, huh. so, But I left it alone right. And months later Found out that she was gone yeah. And she had, she had killed herself And I didn't know it was that bad but she was the type of person that didn't express herself the way that she did. Right. But most people do on on Facebook. She was a um she was a writer. So yeah. that's how you knew what she was going through. And that was how she was channeling it. Yeah. But for some reason people weren't trying to get as close to her enough to pay attention and to pinpoint right. Those small and, and or even minute. Changes in her life, or like they, I maybe I need really need to pay attention to this. So the mental um, stability of people nowadays, I think is is becoming underestimated.
1: Yeah. So. I think it's always been underestimated. Yeah. I think now it's being highlighted, and now we're realizing that it's underestimated. Yeah. Um, and every time something happens, it's always too late. Mm-hmm. So. I think now that we're we're slowly putting things together for mental health, for depression, for anxiety, of mm-hmm. uh, in understanding different mental disorders and understanding that some of us actually have mental illnesses and we don't realize it. it's just, it's very mild mm-hmm. and we have a misunderstanding of that as well, yeah. you know, and it's some of us kind of get it to where oh they're just throwing a label on me, but. It is real, you know. And another thing that's um, that's very lacking is is, is empathy. Um, we don't really take time out to really feel for other people and just have that that moment in time when we just understand. You know, we'll just say, you know, what he's grown, he should be able to handle that. You know, or he's making all this money. You know, he's he he's good. You know, and it's almost as if we we respond to things as if we can be immune to this, but it doesn't matter how much money we have. It doesn't matter who's around. We're still subject to have these, uh, these, these diseases, these illnesses, these feelings. Mm-hmm. But the lack of empathy on the timeline is just is out of this world. People just don't feel for it. We can have uh, a shooting, and we'll just say, "Well, this just shouldn't have been there." Like oh. somebody got shot, and you don't say something like that, or um, or somebody commit suicide, oh, but they was rich, I'm like, it doesn't matter, you know, and there's so many things that can really turn for us, that can really shift things in us to make us really uh, consider some things, mm-hmm. you know, so the lack of empathy, uh, the arrogance right now is at an all-time high right now, and then, um, a lot of people are hurting, and when you have a lot of people that's hurting along with the lack of empathy and arrogance,
0: that's not a good, that's not a good equation. Because you know the thing going on with uh, with Kanye, right? And um, him saying what he said, and a lot of people obviously shunned him, especially mm-hmm. when he pretty much in a sense supported Donald Trump, right? And but there are a few people that are actually saying, "Do you remember?" Like a lot of people say, "Man, I miss the old Kanye." Yeah. I used to uh, I missed the graduation Kanye And then I was I was watching a radio show And somebody said um, Yeah But that was Before his mom died Yeah And A lot of us Would probably say Well he probably It's been a while Maybe he can get over it mm-hmm. I don't think you can Ever fully Get over anything That drastic Cause right. I know somebody That lost a husband And say lung cancer And it's mm-hmm. going on Five or six years And she's still suffering right. So you can't put a timeline on somebody's recovery. You can't yeah. do that. You cannot do that. And like you said, the being <laughs> being more considerate. That's big what you just said, man. And being concerned. That's you don't see it that much. Now but what would you say? What do you now why why do you think that is a problem, even a bigger problem now?
1: Uh, man, What you just said was very big because I I remember seeing a lot of comments like that. They'll say, well, my mom died five years ago and I'm okay. You know, as if everyone's situation is the same. And I wish we would stop doing that um, because we don't process it the same. Uh Um, And everyone's relationship is not the same. Everyone's experiences is not the same. And we just cannot do that. Uh, Kanye is a genius. And geniuses their mind they just Mm -hmm. processes things so differently yeah i am not i'm not a therapist i'm not a doctor i can't diagnose him you know but there's something different about him i think we can all agree with that Mm -hmm. so his way of doing things is going to be a little different and when I, i actually just took time out to hear different interviews and to hear other people that were that were close to him interview um, interview them Mm -hmm. and I understood that you know what he said some insensitive things but we all have said insensitive things but we didn't mean it for it to be that way yeah and I think when we start to understand that not just with him, but with people in general, that, you know what, okay, that person said something insensitive, but let me take time out to really understand what he meant yeah, or what she meant. Then we won't have so many conflicts. Then we won't have so many friendships being broken, so many uh, families being broken, because we just took time out to understand. And since we lack that empathy, that's just what it is. We fail to take time out to simply understand and that's just what it is because we all have said something we didn't mean no harm yeah we didn't mean any harm but maybe because the tone the, the language the word selection whatever the case may be that person took it the wrong way and we probably could have said it a different way who knows but we just got to take time out
0: to understand taking time out to understand it's very important i think that's one thing that's missing in the overall conversation that we're all having on and offline of course online i mean social media so anyway um continue to listen to episode 31 of the glory in our stories featuring Dominique bonds brother has a lot to say about what he does what he believes in as far as uh, the direction that we should be heading as far as informing our youth and encouraging one another one another as adults uh, I think that's very important so but uh keep listening yeah we we need to be more sensitive we may not have to agree but we should be open to consider so again thank you for listening episode 31 of the glory in our stories with Dominique Bond there's a um I forgot what specific scripture was, but it says we should all be uh, quick to listen and slow to respond. That's it. And in this world where everything is rapid fire, every one of us, metaphorically, has our guns clipped and just ready to fire back. Right. And but have you ever and a lot of people and that's one thing I love about what they're doing about films, that they're causing you to sympathize with the villain. Yeah. Because you're like, man, all you can see is the destruction that they're That's doing. That's good, yeah. But you never take the time to like fully understand why they make the decisions that they made. Like, why were they? What's the What's the psychology behind it? Mm-hmm. What's their past? Yeah. And we're like, we don't care. They, they are. They're, they're, a, they're a tyrant. They just want to destroy, and just take over. Yeah. But there's there's a reason behind that. Right. And if you, I'm pretty certain that we can sympathize with a lot of, um people that have caused great opposition in our lives. Right. To a certain degree. Exactly. And but being willing to understand, like you said, and take the time to be like, okay, I see that this person is saying all this, mm-hmm. but I wanna I need to know more as far as why. Exactly. Exactly. Um That's funny because as young men, as young black men, a lot of things that we do go through create uh, situations and problems that affect us in adulthood mm-hmm. um, primarily most of us who grow up with uh, in, like in single parent households or no parents at all right or like grow- or they are raised by our siblings or like our mm-hmm. grandmothers and we literally skip a generation mm-hmm. and there's still information that we're lacking what would you say because I know that's one thing one thing that a lot of kids are having trouble with and they don't know what it is, but as they get older, it's going to be a problem if they don't address it. One thing that I like that you're doing is that you're helping the community at the most important stage, which is at youth, because that's right. where everything is planted. That's exactly. the foundation. So what influences you to help young people as well as young men to, maximi- to maximi- maximize their potential?
1: Right. So uh, it's just the passion and the problem that I see and I know that I was meant to um, work with young men and men because there are a lot of areas where um, we're lacking in. Yeah. And so now the question becomes, why are we lacking in that area? And maybe because we were we grew up without our fathers, like you said, or we didn't have a positive role model in our lives. And I know one of the things that's really uh, affecting us that. More and more attention is being brought into is uh, our toxic masculinity, our whole mm-hmm. understanding of masculinity. Some guys want to have the conversation, but it's a conversation that needs to be had, and that's why we do the things that we do because you know we can't depend on anyone else to do it. You yeah. know, so it's really understanding, you know, what is our understanding of masculinity, And how does it really affect us, and, and our understanding of masculinity is really hurting our families, it's hurting our communities, it's hurting our boys uh it's causing women to not trust us um yeah. it's causing us to value uh money you know we use money or, or our income to determine how much of a man we are we we um what else we don't we fail to open up because we we're always told that it's soft to do that mm-hmm. you know we don't take time out to say hey man are you okay you know let's let's just talk for a minute you know we we don't wanna we don't wanna cry in front of each other. Um we don't I mean the suicide rate among men is, is just so high as well. And I think that's connected with our understanding of masculinity and seeking help as well. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on and on, but it is it, it does have a lot to do with our understanding of masculinity. But that's that's one of the things that I don't per se address so much into my workshops, but with other avenues as well, with the workshops, is really just understanding yourself yeah. and understanding that's defining being a man as you being your true self. Yeah. That's just what it is. And we have so many different definitions of what it is to be a man. And every man should be doing this and every man yeah. should be doing that. And honestly, man, every man should
0: just be their true selves. And that's being the truth. That's that's being a man. Now, I didn't realize that until I got to my 30s. Yeah. And that's sad. But now, it's, sometimes it takes that long for you to be like, oh, you know, this. these are my preferences. This mm-hmm. is what I like to do. I well, it doesn't always way. have
1: to. Sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to cut you off, but no. some, it doesn't always have to. And that's why I want to use these avenues to reach those boys. So yeah. at that age... They can have that understanding because if you would have had that understanding at that
0: age, there's no telling where you would be at right now. And the, worst, the, the weird thing is, nobody—like I told you before—nobody was reaching out. Right. Everything was okay since you like they, we like. I remember playing um, little league baseball. Thus, that's, that's what the only that's was like one part of my, time of my life where I saw a lot of dads. Yeah. But there wasn't any talking, everything was about baseball, yeah, so in my mind, I'm thinking, I would never know what it feels like for you know my dad to say, you know choke up on the bat and make sure your, your knuckles are lined up or put the glove on the ground so you get the, a ground ball or chase the ball like no, nobody was there to tell me that,, yeah. and I know that at some point they were maybe having those interactions where they did get personal right and but but because I didn't have that. Everything was balled in. I said, I'm just going to hold on to this because according to the world, it's not, it, what I have in my hands is not being a man. Right. So I don't know at what point am I comfortable enough to let that go. Exactly. And I'm glad and it, and it pleases my heart so much to see that you all are getting to these young boys at that age. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, everything else is a distraction. And once they see it, I'm like, oh, so that's what it means to be a man. right? That's, I need to have this. I need to have this many women, maybe even more. I need to have this much money. I need to have this type of car. I need to have this type of job. Mm-hmm. But you all are breaking that standard. Right. And um, I personally appreciate that and providing that alternative. Right. But like you said, that the age that they are is very, very important. Exactly. Very important. And exactly. um, now, do you? So, what? Being on the on the giving in as far as presenting this idea to these young kids, what are you? What are some things that you see a lot concerning, like the different personalities or the problems that they have currently now that you're noticing?
1: Um, one of the problems is just, I, w- I would just say, really finding that. Their style inside the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, some kids are just all, already labeled that they're just bad, yeah. um, but a lot of these kids, um, well, a lot of the boys that's in my workshops, uh, you know, their parents tell me, you know, you he he don't know how to sit down still, he don't know how to do this, do, do that, but all my guys are well behaved, mm-hmm. and I believe a, a huge part of that is because, you know, I think me and you, I don't, I don't know your childhood, yeah, but I can, I can. I can bet that you can probably count on one hand how many black male teachers you didn't you didn't had you know and one yeah exactly (laughs) I think I only had two and both of those was in high school it was a music teacher and American government teacher and he just so happened to be a coach so um, so yeah those are my only two teachers but we know how to connect with them Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. No one can connect with them like we can. No one can talk to them like we can. Uh, no one can engage with them like we can. And because they're having that struggle with adjusting in class, it may it may hit them academically, but they're very intelligent. I just had a young um, boy. He wasn't old enough for my workshop, but I just told the mother, you know what, just leave him here. Mm-hmm. He was just nine years old. I just said, just leave him here. Well, you know, he 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 acts up, and he ain't going to be it. I'm like, we're going to take care of that. Mm-hmm. And he was the most engaged student in that workshop. Wow. Most engaged. And the teachers just don't understand him. You know, he just well beyond his years. Yeah. So he's just going to be – he may finish his work real fast, and guess what? I'm going to talk. I'm not going to just sit there. So a lot of these kids are just so smart – and when they get done with their work so quickly, they're going to talk to the person that's right next to them, you know. So I think that's one the, that's one of the things. And then just not having that male figure in your life and understanding yourself and uh, you being in high school, you still don't know how, what you want to pursue in life. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm glad from a business perspective,
0: uh, we can really address that in our workshops. Now, what would you say is? But so this is one of the questions I really wanted to ask you, just from your perspective. What do you think is the biggest dilemma, or one of the, or one of the few biggest dilemmas towards in 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 a man's life mm-hmm. that hinders him from? There can be stumbling blocks, right, for him towards getting uh, entering his own manhood. Uh, his environment, mm-hmm. just having
1: a positive environment. I know that's very broad, but. You know your your environment in the research shows is really determines how far you're gonna go in life
0: mm-hmm. and
1: if you're not in a positive household if you're not going to a positive school if you don't have those resources the odds are against you you yeah. know um, I think another thing is just society standards constantly bombarding you constantly bombarding you giving you just this false sense of how you should walk and navigate in society especially mm-hmm. as young black men
0: yeah because we have
1: so many negative images about ourselves. We don't, and that's why we see, and I get it, we still have so much more work to do. But we focus so much on that that we just feel like we're just going so downhill. And to be perfectly honest, we do have a lot to go. I, I'm not to state the obvious. Yeah. But when, we, when you focus so much on what's not going right, it seems like nothing is going right.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that? Um, do you think that the society is progressing in a way where they're trying to provide us with that alternative um, perspective, saying that you can do this or you can do that? And and it and it seems like there are certain instances where a lot of people say, when it comes to um, some of us, we can take ten steps forward and have to take five back, and we take three forward and we have to take eleven back. And stuff like that can be very disheartening and discouraging because you're asking yourself, how far do I have to go in order for right. me to get to where I need to be when I have all this opposition in my way? Right. And do you think that opportunities like that are beginning to grow more? And if so, what would they be? Are like they continuously being like programs that you're doing? Right. Or do you see like other avenues? Because like most kids, they would probably assume the only thing I can do um me being who I am, I can be a um an entertainer. Right. I can go on to sports or I can stay in the streets. Right. And accumulate as much money mm-hmm. as I possibly can and then I'll maintain my life that way. Right. But do you see are you starting to see a trend of different avenues?
1: I, I am seeing more avenues. I think the question is is it enough, you know, mm-hmm. in I don't I don't wanna be in a negative light, you know, but sometimes good is just not enough. Yeah. And I still feel like we have so much more to do. Um I still feel like uh many of our our boys mm-hmm. and just our kids are in the wrong environments. Um and it's not the most positive environments as far as having that understanding. Um because like I say, I feel like We know how to address each other, Mm -hmm. Um, and it just—it's a—it's a a huge difference. Yeah, it's—it's a—it's a a huge difference. And I—I've been in a few schools that were predominantly white, and when I have an at-risk class, Mm -hmm. all of my black males, you know, and when I facilitate the class, man, I see—and I'm not just saying this—I see so much greatness. I see uh, very intelligent individuals, but not only are the households are are against them, but every day they're in an environment where a lot of people just don't understand them. Um, a lot of people already just think, you know, that it's not going to make it, or they just don't know how to really engage with them. Yeah. Because um, we talk different, we walk different, and if you don't understand us, it may come off a little intimidating.
0: You yeah.
1: know? Uh, the list goes on and on and on. But, um, so to answer your question, there are more
0: programs from, from what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. but I think the question is, is it enough? And I realize that within that classroom setting, I think some educators forget how important that interaction is between you and that child. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of educators don't understand that you spend more time with that child Sometimes the parents do, yeah. because when that child is at school, that child is there eight hours, they get home, they may have four hours before they um, have to go to bed. Right. And if they have a parent that's working continuously, that parent may see that child for an hour. Mm-hmm. And probably the only time they see them is while they're in bed. Right. So you're, your responsibility as an educator, and I realizing just because you're not in the classroom doesn't mean that you're not an educator. Right. You have a responsibility a um an inherited responsibility mm-hmm. to speak into that child's life. Exactly. And like you said, when they, they're 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 not highlighting the the good features. Like what they see, they don't see how it can be turned into a positive. Mm-hmm. They can only see it as being disruptive and being um like say for instance a child that does finish their work. And I say, Oh this child all this child needs is um is another opportunity to probably to start something else. Because if they're finished as one thing, maybe they can have they can advance and but just keeping them busy opposed to saying, Well, this child is being a, a problem and they right. always talk. I say, Well, why why are they talking? Mm-hmm. Have you ever focused on that part? Right. But um, like you said, receiving that or not receiving that from the classroom, but also being within that negative environment at home.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like the question is, where do I go? Exactly. Where do I go so that people can appreciate me for who I am? Right. And that really needs to be continuously amplified Mm -hmm. in the the classroom. And that's the biggest
1: thing that I see, you know, when you're being a parent at home, Mm -hmm. it's hard to make that adjustment when you go back to school. You're telling your your siblings what to do. You may be fixing a meal. You may be getting them to bed, making sure they, they bathe themselves and so forth. And and then when you go go to school, now you're being told what to do, that's an adjustment. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling what my siblings what to do and now you telling me what to do. I gotta make that 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 shift in my mind mm-hmm. that okay, I'm not the one telling folks what to do. You know, yeah. now I gotta so a lot of kids are that's in those type of households, they're having that
0: that adjustment problem. And I know uh, especially with those men. When you don't have a dominant male figure in your, in your life and you've gone a while without that, mm. and the first male that steps up to you and actually says something to you, I don't want to listen because you're not my father. Exactly. And that's the problem that I had. I did not want to listen to anyone. But a lot of men dropped a lot of gems in my life, like learning how to tie tie or um, uh, standing up straight and, and um, being uh, very meaning what you're saying. You know, being saying, making concrete statements and just standing behind it and, and sticking to your word, right. how to give a handshake, you know, stuff like simple stuff like that. I didn't want to listen to it because I'm like, I don't want any other authoritative position in my life other than my mom or my mm-hmm. sister. And I push that to the side. But at some point you have to learn that you're not always going to be right in charge of what you want to do. Right. And um. yeah. I, don't know, I, mean, I had a lot of experiences in school where I was confused because all the other guys weren't me, or I weren't. I wasn't like them, mm-hmm. and I didn't know. I didn't even really know how to handle myself, and mm-hmm. that was the, that was the conflict. It right in the inner conflict, and I just needed to be in a space where, I could, like you said, just be yourself. And I know people say that's a cliche, but that it, that is that's so true. That is so true. And there are a lot of people in the public eye who are unapologetically themselves. Uh, like Tiffany Haddish and uh Cardi B. You know, and it's and the, and the funny thing is you never see them in any other way but themselves, but they got to where they are. So exactly. if anything that these kids should take from them is their authenticity.
1: Yeah. And that's why so many people are a fan of them. You yeah. know, I remember when, When reality TV first got popular, I used to think, why are certain people the most popular? Mm -hmm. You know, and I used to, now I I mean, I had that understanding, you know what? People are almost living through them Mm -hmm. because they can just be themselves any time of the day. And there's so many people that don't feel like they can. So they really admire that. They don't have to respect everything that comes out of that person's mouth or yeah. they do. But that one thing that they just admire is that authentic they just being out them authentic selves. And, you know, that's why so many so many of these uh celebrities are just so
0: um admired, because they can just be themselves anytime. Yeah. I um I went to a Steve Harvey taping of his show in California mm-hmm. and the way that you see him on television—that's that's how he is. Mm-hmm. Very straightforward, very honest, and I admire that about him. Yeah. Um, and I realized I said he has he has maybe like five, six shows that he's doing, and I realized I said they're not buying um, this man as what he is; they're buying who he is. Right. That's his brand. Steve Harvey is a brand. And they're buying into that. And they see that he's able to attract certain people because he's being himself. Mm-hmm. And it actually has the testament saying it pays to be, literally pays to be yourself. That's it. And when I was in school, I was the class clown. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I did that is because I thought that was my way to make friends. If I can make people laugh, obviously they'd be on my side. Right. But my mom pointed out, who had been an educator, she recently retired after 40 years. She said, at that point, they're not laughing with you, they're laughing at you. Mm-hmm. You do know that, right? And I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that. So that changed everything. And fortunately, she said that right before I went to high school. Because when I went to high school, I shut down. I wasn't a huge introvert. And I didn't think I fit in anywhere. Because there right. were the jocks. There were the cool guys. There were the group of black guys who were like the bad boys, and they just did certain things. I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't yeah, mm-hmm. I don't fit in, so I was, ex- I was, I was excluded. And but nobody came to me that are doing what you all are doing and say, hey, you have the ability to maximize whatever that's inside of you. Mm-hmm. And I want to help you hone that. I want to help you direct it. Right. And I wish that there were more men like you, y- yourself, and others that were willing to step inside somebody mm-hmm. else's personal space mm-hmm. because you care about them. Exactly.
1: And I we tell people, that. I tell people I'm just being the person that I wish I had. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's just that simple. I'm yeah. being the exact person that I wish I had when I was in high school, especially when I was in high school because I don't want you to tell me to apply for these colleges I don't know what I want to do with myself you know yeah. uh, I don't, I don't want to talk about a major and I don't know what I want to do with myself and I just didn't like the question well Dominic what do you like to do I'm all like ma'am if it was that easy I would have answered it <laughs> already you know but um, but that's why I got into the passion I wish somebody would have broke that down to me mm-hmm. and I don't even know it but at that A's, if I would have, even if I would have understood that, um, I don't think I would have known what I wanted to do, anyways. Mm-hmm. But I would have still had more understanding how I wanted to navigate and kind of
0: figure that out. Yeah. Because yeah. At, at the end of high school, I sure didn't. I, I knew what I wanted to do, but as far as how mm-hmm. and why, I didn't know. And I, like you said, it's, it doesn't have to be that way, where a man finally figures, as much as he can, um, in his 30s, or even late 20s. And they it, it can be a lot earlier. It can. And, I believe that. And you and then you ask, because people that are getting my age who aren't exposed to people like you, it's like, but I didn't have that opportunity. How is this going to happen? And then finally, somebody's willing to say, I hope you. Mm-hmm. And to do that to maybe like a to a nine-year-old, like that... Because these kids are being exposed to more and quicker than we were. Yes. And yes. It's, it's a little dangerous because it's just so much information. And it's information that that should be monitored. Right. And Preferably given to them by the parents. I agree. But having a device in front of your face, in a sense, you become the master of your own intake and that in itself when it's not handled correctly it obviously can be very dangerous most definitely um, which lead an avenue towards a whole heap of other things um, but primarily with with men and I tell people this I like, and I, I enjoy telling this because it was a ba- major part of my childhood I loved action movies so the men that I saw I didn't pay attention to them but these were just fellas but I didn't see any of me Growing yeah. up None yeah. of me I just saw a man He had a gun Or he had a knife He had muscles He had um, Like the uh, The, the uh, damsel in distress mm-hmm. He had that woman He always got the girl No matter what he did Or what he said Right And he was a one man army But In reality Today If I was a one man If me If I pull Even if I If I pulled out An inhaler I would die because of who, because of what I am, mm-hmm. I would die. And that's a reality that these kids need to be aware of. That you all are, you're saying, hey, these are the things you have to do, but also keep this in mind, because this is the reality that we live in. Exactly. And presenting that to them at the age that they are is very important. Because like you said, and you said it perfectly, I am being that which wasn't provided to me when I was that age. My mom tells me that all the time, because she... She was the only source that I had, so she said well i'm doing this because nobody was there for me, so I need to be there for you, yeah, but you as a man are being there for other boys right and in a different way that they're probably not used to
1: that's it that's yeah. it, because even though I had my father in my life, you know, mm-hmm. he was still um going a lot because he was in the military, yeah, but his father wasn't around, so I had to so since he didn't have his father, there were some areas that he was on lack as a father for me. Mm-hmm. He didn't know I didn't have those intimate conversations. I didn't have that understanding your purpose and your passion and how you want to navigate in this world and and all those real deep conversations. We talked about sports all the time, mm-hmm. career and all this and that. And I you know joined the armed reserves. Uh, to help me, while to help me pay for school and so forth, but those real deep conversations, man to man, I didn't have those conversations. So that doesn't mean he was an excellent father, mm. but that was something that was very lacking, you know. So um, yeah, if I can, if I can do that, and it's not just me doing it, it's providing a platform for other positive men to do that. Yeah that's That's the important piece, so they get to see entrepreneurs that look like them talking to them, and they all look different, they all talk different, and that's a big thing for them to really feed into them and just let them know this is this is this is w- what you can do, mm-hmm. and this is how you do it
0: yeah um and that's another thing that I'm glad that you all are doing is telling them how, yeah, and I'm realizing from a lot of people the problem that they have is that you have generational gaps mm-hmm. but you don't have the older generation make, taking the time to inform the new generation of how to do things exactly so the new older generation looks at them like you're doing it wrong but I'm like but as a as like the i generation they're like well how do you do it mm-hmm. are you going to teach me because if you're not I'm going to go somewhere else and figure it out on my own exactly exactly um, but uh, going back, going down to your your last question. Now, but I'm gonna go back one quick, right, quick to something you said earlier because you made an excellent point, and this is in reference to you, but to other people because I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Just because the parent is there doesn't mean they're fully present. Right. And I've seen it, and I always used to get jealous of people that had their fathers in the household, and I'm like, man, you you have no idea how blessed you are, but at the same time, they were struggling. Because exactly. their parent was there But they weren't there
1: mm-hmm.
0: And that's like, that, like you said that's very important right. So a lot of people have a misconception that Just because a parent is in the room That they're in the, in the home And most of the sometimes they're not And yeah. that needs to like you said, That needs to change Most definitely um, But the last question would be If you can sum it up What would you say is the glory In your story In your own personal journey, from the moment from your childhood to where you are now, I
1: just think, man, I'm just blessed that God is just using me just to touch people. I mean, it really is that that simple. And I have this ministry. This is what this is. It is Mm -hmm. a business, but it's a it's a ministry to be able to provide workshops that teach young men how to create their own opportunities, how to monetize their ideas. uh, For me to Uh, be a speaker and and participate in speaking engagements and and really uh, just help people in different areas and and helping them identify those roadblocks that's getting in their way. And not just how to identify, but how to really push through that, you know, really getting them strategies so they can uh, so they can understand how they they, they can get the point A to point B. Mm -hmm. I'm not a motivational person. I'm a person that really wants you to understand, you know, when we get done talking, you're going to know, okay, this is what I need to do. To really launch what I really want to launch there are so many people that have these visions and Mm -hmm. they just don't know how to execute it you know they just don't know where to start and that influenced me to to write a book on you know executing a vision you know and because I just want more and more people to really reap the harvest that's that's there for them so for me it's to really to help people uh, obtain what they're lacking Mm -hmm. help people get the answers that they're seeking and helping people uh, really start their platform that could potentially help other people um, get help as well. So I just appreciate this ride and we're just warming up. <laughs> we're just warming up. What people are seeing is excellent, but man, it's just going to it's gonna continue to evolve. So I just appreciate just to be used to just help other people and it's just, it's just that simple.
0: That's a, um, That's something that I came to terms with recently over the last few years how awesome it is just to be a vessel mm-hmm. just to be a cognate in like this bigger machine right knowing that you have to always wake up and say it's not about me mm-hmm. and you have to remind yourself of that because I have to do that that's it because when you think about other people you realize all your energy goes towards that's that that's it and then within that you're provided everything that you're needed Yeah. You got it And I learned from Sleepy Eyes. Like that's when he said, they said, this is my gospel. This is my way of spreading the gospel. And a lot of people have the misconception that gospel has to always be in the pulpit. And it doesn't always have to be that way. It doesn't. And you're creating that different uh, perspective. And that is a form of maturity that most men hopefully have. A chance to experience in that lifetime is to come to terms with, yo, this is what I was created to do. So I'm going to do it the best way I possibly can. That's it. So you can get the the greatest and the best outcome. But one thing you just said that was really important was that you said, what you're doing now is good, but we're going to do better Mm -hmm. and continue to do better. And what we're supplying is is great, but we we're going to continue to do more. Oh, most definitely. Increase in quality. Yeah,
1: even me and you can look back on some things that we did, and
0: yeah,
1: back then it was excellent. But when we look back, it was like, ugh, yeah, I, I probably should have done that. I, I <laughs> would have said that. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But that just shows the maturity that we that we we um gone through and the growth that that we didn't So most definitely, there's always a way to do something better. Yeah.
0: But, uh, Dominic, I really appreciate your time, man. And, um, obviously, we'll be staying in contact more. Most definitely. Um, like I said, I enjoy what you're doing. Um, I know you recently did something with Tolfer. Did, did he speak at one of yeah, your events? Yeah, he was actually
1: one of the speakers for my events. So, you know, there's a lot of guys who want to be rappers. Yeah. He's a positive guy. And I just thought he would be a great way to... Really show them how to actually monetize your gifts because they are. Some of my guys are writers, some mm-hmm. of them do music, so that's,
0: that was a good experience for them. And for those of y'all listening, please pay attention to this concept of networking and connecting and and being aware of your brother's ability. Say, hey man, I got this, I think you'd be great for this. Well, I got this, so I definitely help you out on that and collaboration. Exactly, and I don't want us to. Always have this competitive mindset. Right. I mean, it's, competition is healthy. It's healthy, mm-hmm. but there has to be some form of, of of neutrality where you're saying, "Hey, I got, I can help you out with this, and I can help you out with that." Right. And with both of us, we can continue to build. That's it. So um, I'm glad that you uh, y'all are doing that and setting that example. Yeah. Um. So. uh But again, for those of you who are listening. Uh, this is um, Dominic this is me Calvin Peterwell jr. Uh, interviewing Dominique Bond on episode 31 of the glory in our stories mm-hmm.